2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and the landlord of the House of Hardcore, the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I talk all about AEW blood and guts not just the match but dynamite last night because it started off hot and ended with a brawl we'll get into all of that on today's Busted Open podcast also we have new signee of the WWE Valerie Lareda from the world of MMA to the world of WWE we talk about it with her right now on the Busted Open podcast I love Jim Ross Jim Ross to me in the history of pro wrestling, nobody breaks it down better than our good friend JR, and nobody has that big call like a JR as well. So glad that he was a part of that match last night.
3: Uh, another thing, AEW does right. Bringing out Jim Ross the yep. way they did made it feel like it's more important. You put a spotlight on somebody. Oh, wow, this match is so big. We're going to have JR call it. Um, I actually really enjoyed the commentary. I really enjoyed Your Lordship, William Regal. And yes. I think Taz is doing his best work that Taz has ever been doing. And that I had thought at one point Taz was one of the best announcers on SmackDown. And then when he came to TNA, he was on fire for a little bit. And then he has been on top of his game and giving little extra points and commentary notes that only a professional wrestler can give. And also like with Regal there, they played off each other. Excellent. As simple as talking about the deliverance of a forearm, because trust me, a forearm done right, it hits you in so many different places. And then, with Regal talking about and popping your hip into the person's midsection, because if it's, you're delivering it real, a form can knock the living shit out of you. Yep. And trust me, an uppercut form. And then, you know, giving a nice shout out to, you know, Dave Taylor, but there's all these little things or, or popping the hips or extra torque, all these little things that, you know, come from, Uh, players who've played the game.
1: Uh, First of all, Taz, I agree with you a thousand percent. I loved when he was on commentary with SmackDown. I, I, I love what we're getting right now on SmackDown. Pat McAfee, I'm a big fan of. But honestly, if you look back at SmackDown, I don't think anybody did it any better than Taz. And I agree with you what he was able to do with TNA and what he's doing right now. I'd love to hear more from, and we're starting to hear more from Taz on commentary. And you're right about Regal. He brings a perspective that nobody else can. And uh, they had a lot of voices, and I know that's hard when you have a lot of voices, Tommy, but they were able to do it. It got a little crazy at the end, but I think you had some really... I experienced, as you said, perspectives that you don't get anywhere else on commentary last night during that match. And I agree with you about Jr. When you hear Boomer sooner before that match, the crowd went crazy because, again, and the WWE did that towards the end of his run with the WWE where they just used him in certain matches. I think it worked perfectly and it did last night.
3: Big time. Big, big, big time. And, and listen, man, that that whole setup to how it goes, like made it feel so, so special. Like I said, even Jericho. Jericho being the leader of the Jericho Appreciation Society, but everyone dressed the same, almost looked like they had a choreographed entrance. Man, it looked because if you think about it, it's all these different partners, but not, you know, not today. And I kinda thought it was just like it was different. And I'm a big fan of different because, hey, you're only going to see this match once a year. So I also realized I cannot join the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society because I could not wear a mesh shirt on national television.
1: I get it. And it was a little bit of an updated version of a movie we talked about yesterday going to what Raven's gonna do for Impact with that clockwork orange match. That was very clockwork orange esque last night with the Jericho Appreciation Society entrance last night. And you mentioned Claudio with those forearms and those uppercut forearms. I've one thing that kind of forgotten about because it was early on in the match was when he tried to deliver that to Sammy Guevara, and Sammy Guevara turned it into a cutter. Uh, That was great. Sammy Guevara, Tommy, and it kind of gets lost because of all the violence that took place in that match. Man, my goodness, Sammy Guevara had an MVP performance in that match last night.
3: Yes, he did, and Sammy Guevara has the uh, Tommy Dreamer disease where he uh, somehow, someway winds up falling off of high places all the time. Kudos to him. It's a big bump that he took hope that he's okay but uh he delivered in his performance too and you can see you know Cesaro is definitely a ring general and yeah. when you're you look at him for every wrestler that's trying to make it watch what Cesaro does and his speed his cardio conditioning is great and he, it's not like he's been wrestling every day and you know that comes from training his ass off and having a new beginning in his career and wanting it and being super duper hungry for being a top guy, but go back on, He did not miss a beat in anything that he did. I'm sure he's been practicing in the, in a ring somewhere in Florida, but you need to st- study his footwork, study everything that he does and, because he's so great at what he does and he's super duper strong and he's a great technician. He's obviously a great brawler, but it was a really, really great showing for him. But also this is, I do it still, but so many people, I don't know why in wrestling don't do tape review. And when I say tape review, there's football. What do we do after it's, hey, we're going to have practice, or what's their big day? Hey, we're just going to watch uh, the film. they got to watch it anyway, but they're going to watch the film of the game for their own performance. Go back and watch your own performance and see, man, I should, I, or watch it with somebody who everybody should watch wrestling with another pair of eyes to say, hmm, that's not bad, or maybe you could do this. But that is somebody that you definitely go back and watch because, again, like I said, he was out there. He was number one. Yeah, he was and was there the whole time. out there delivering and also delivering during commercial breaks. Which I hate picture in picture, by the way. I hate it.
1: But I, I you know what? I and listen, I like I completely get it. Like they were getting killed on social media last night for the picture in picture. I don't know what else you could have done unless you just you just had all the commercial spots within the first hour of the show, which could be a killer as well. It's it's very, very difficult. Network wise you can't a,
3: do that. I,
1: I, I can't I mean if you got to take the good with the bad, if you want to see a match like that on free TV, you're going to have to put up with the commercial interruptions. At least you get the picture and picture. So you are still able to see the action, but I, I get it. It's, it's very, very frustrating.
3: Well, you have to do it. And um, because, Hey, guess what? They're paying the bills <laughs> yeah. and you're on a network. You want to own the network. You want to go, you know, like if it's on Peacock, you're not really going to see those commercials when it's live because, but it's a streaming service. But on television, that's how you're going to get it. And uh, it, it's just, it, it, but nevertheless, you have to do it. But if you look at it, it's not like anybody dogged it and they still continued live throughout that entire one hour performance yeah. and it was one hell of a performance. And then it, and if you really think about it too, because if you're building a match, how they kept on upping the violence with, I'm going to keep bringing in different instruments of destruction to hurt these guys. You know, of course, Cesaro being the wrestlers, he's going to come in with what his hands, but then who's coming in with a table, who's coming in with glass, who's coming in Forks. with, with, yep. yeah, but it's we're doing this why because we're upping it till the last two guys who there you're going to be in that match your biggest stars and what am i going to come in with i'm going to come in with uh, singapore king and i'm going to come in with because i'm chris jericho uh what did he come in with his bat but then that how he ran was just brilliant by jericho
0: this is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you could listen to my podcast all year
3: round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, including with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast.
1: Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Really good way to start Dynamite last night, I think.
3: I love it. And Dan Lambert's promo, I really enjoyed it because he went out there not to get pops. He went out there to get heat and then the one explanation that i friggin loved was the wrestling managers license yes or let me tell you ladies and gentlemen nation there are such things as managers license and seconds license in state athletic commissions you have to do it trust me when i tell you and I can start rambling off the states that need that, Kentucky being one of them, um, where you legit need, if you're out there, if you don't have this license, you cannot be within the guardrails of the ring. It's a legit thing that you have to do. Don't know if Michigan has it. Who cares? Last night, Michigan had to have it, and kicking them out was great, and it got heat. And you said it the best. This was a great weekend for Orange Cassidy. I'm the biggest Orange Cassidy fan because he showed he could do what everyone criticized that said he couldn't do. And that was wrestle. And he literally had an amazing match with one of the greatest wrestlers, current wrestlers, Will Ospreay, and got over. And last night, did it even more. And Ethan Page was a great opponent for him. And I loved when Ethan Page had him in the razor's edge and his counter was going into his pockets. And then he kept on, you know, pulling him out. Also, Ethan Page putting his hands in his pockets to hold his arms down to do a move to him. It was a great showing for Ethan Page. Ethan Page, I'm a big fan as well. And. Any great heel will always get his heat back. And another where you think about, I have people who a lot of guys are hurt. And now another person just got hurt. Here's somebody else that gets TV time. And it was a lot of time. Their match was a great opener. And not it was an opener for a television show, but not an opener for a live crowd. That addition of his music is frigging amazing. Yes. I love it. Again, what makes AEW so, so different and just it was so good. And I'm glad that people got to appreciate what, again, a lot of the wrestlers have been talking about for a long time, how good Orange Cassidy really is.
1: Yeah, and and, and again, you get that opening contest, which was was about like a 15-minute long match last night to start Dynamite. And Orange Cassidy is one of the few wrestlers, Tommy, And maybe, you know, you could correct me if I'm wrong, that has this ridiculous character. And we've seen ridiculous characters, right, throughout the history of pro wrestling. But he's been able to win and actually look legitimate while doing it. I don't know if there's been any character that's been so off the wall that's been able to real. I mean, he was in the ring with Will Ospreay this past Sunday. Think about that for a second. Like you said, Will Ospreay is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And orange Cassidy got you to buy in of the possibility of him winning that match at forbidden door.
3: Dave, I have tried. Well, I'll preface this. I used to try to do every move that any wrestler can do. Me that said springboards, uh, moonsaults i have not done a shooting star but i have done a 450 and i have done a 450 on a crash pad and i have done a uh, a 450 on a with a wrestler laying on a crash pad but do you know the reason why i've never pulled it out in a match wow. because i don't think i could do it land it safely And those were the big moves back in the day. Shooting star, forget about it. Couldn't even pull out the nerve to even attempt it because I think I would jump up and either hit my face or my stomach on the top turnbuckle. Here's the one move I cannot do. And I don't know why, just cannot pull it off. That's the kip up. I cannot do it. I have tried it. A million times. I come oh so close. And then sometimes I land on my own ankles with my giant ass and feel like I just broke both my ankles. And like, nope, can't do this anymore. This was when I was, I would say, up until my 40s, always trying to still step up my game. He does one with his hands in his pockets. That's how talented Crazy. that guy is. Runs the ropes with his hands in his pockets. The other thing that I've seen him do, which is he does a suicide dive. And as also I've seen him jump over the top rope front helo with his hands in his pockets. For everyone who's out there listening to the show, try running with your hands in your pockets. It's awkward and weird. And here's a guy out there having matches like that, delivering moves like that. I've delivered DDTs while handcuffed. I've delivered a lot of cool things with my hands bound, but not so much in my pockets. So that's why I appreciate how good he is. And then with his oh-so-stupid kicks that everyone gets into, um, and then last night the pokes, dude, it's all about what we're supposed to be talking about, having fun because it is just what it is. If you think about how you used to watch wrestling, the ultimate warriors fire up when people are hitting them or when somebody would hit a move on Hulk Hogan and it's over and then he would start to Hulk up. What's the difference between that and Orange Cassidy? That's a
1: great point.
3: What's the difference about uh, um, the highest rating rated show with a guy who used to reach into his sweaty trunks and pull out a sock and stick it in your mouth or something called a cobra. Yep. There's a lot of things like that that if you really go back and think about were all so so stupid and corny but yet got over. And the kid is over and he's also a really good wrestler and you got to see it at Forbidden Door which breakout performance, and then you also got to see it um, last night with Ethan Page. And if something works, why mess with it? Think of somebody, one of the most vicious, sadistic killers out in professional wrestling, Kamala. He didn't know how to roll you over. As a heel, people were like, oh, my God, kick out, kick out. And that was the babyface's way to kick out because he didn't know how to turn... As a babyface, when he was a babyface, I remember thousands of people telling him which way to roll his opponent over. And when he over rotated the people, were like, no, 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 you gotta go back the other way. Think of that. Gimmicks that can work will last forever. And Orange Cassidy can work.
1: It's been going for a while. Paul, I knew you wanted to add something. Can you hear me? I just wanted to
0: add. Can you hear me? Yeah.
1: What? Say again? Yes. yes. Can,
0: yeah. Okay. I just wanted to add. So, and for fans who might not be aware, Orange Cassidy's music when he was on the indies uh, was this song. It, it's called Jane by Jefferson Starship. Yep. And it's from it's from the movie Wet Hot American Summer. And it's a perfect encapsulation of who he is because he played, he's like the character Andy from Wet Hot American Summer played by Paul Rudd. He he's wearing the same outfit, jeans, jean top, jean bottoms. So the music choice for orange is absolutely perfect. They nailed it with what they did for him. Yeah. And another thing back yeah.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Another thing back to the greatness of AEW is licensed music. It's an extra fee that you really get no financial reward from except for when that music hits. You know, I love it. I love social media when people man in a box and they just take a picture of it and they send it to me.
1: But it, add, it adds so much. It's almost like it's almost like a lost art. That licensed music. It's does that, that
3: friggin simple. Yeah. dude. And it's millions of dollars and it's millions of dollars that you're giving to somebody that you're investing in. Think of that. And it's worth it.
1: Well, it's, and it's worth it pick. to the artist too. Living Color, the singer for Living Color, actually tweeted out the the day after Punk came back about how they they that song shot up to the, the charts. Look at what's going on with Kate Bush right now. Kate Bush, a song that she released in 1985, is now number one because they're using it in Stranger Things. Like that's a song from 1985 that now has a, har- a, a a larger chart position now than it did back then because of its use on a, t- on a TV show.
3: Think about- So funny you say that, Dave, I was listening to my daughter sing it yesterday in their rooms.
1: Kate Bush, so underrated, by the way. I have my huge Kate Bush mark.
3: But I'm literally sitting here. I'm like, how do they know that song? And now you just told me.
1: Yeah. And, and but, uh, like Europe, the band Europe is probably kicking themselves because Tony Khan wanted to use the final countdown for Brian Danielson and they wouldn't let him use it or they wanted it just a minimal amount of time. So they didn't use it. They're probably kicking themselves right now because it would probably be in, back in the top of the charts because of that.
3: Yep. Hey, man, you look at the, the business has changed. That part is an amazing aspect of it. And like you said, lost, we all didn't like Paul because we found out it was Paul's job to remove the music off of Peacock, but he had yeah. to do his job.
1: He's an asshole.
3: Because or else WWE would be sued. Guess what? That will live now with Orange Cassidy in perpetuity forever. Same with John Moxley. Same with CM Punk. And they will always be associated with that within the wrestling audience. And you could always say, man, I remember when I saw this guy, blah, 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 blah. Because I know whenever I hear enter the Sandman, I usually go, yo, and I roll down my window and I stick my arm out, which is a fake Singapore cane, and I put it up in the air. Or I get really sad when I hear one of my favorite songs, The Midnight Rider, because it reminds me of Dusty, and whenever I would hear it, I would take a picture and I would send it to him, and he would then call me a mark. But I can't have that anymore. But when I hear those songs, it will remind me of that stuff.
0: I'm Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and host of Black Diamonds, a SiriusXM original podcast. Right now on your podcast feed, I'm telling the story of the great Satchel Paige with Guardians pitcher Tristan McKenzie.
3: To know what he meant to the city of Cleveland, is huge to know that
0: I could just drag on his coattails a little bit and feel like I'm a part of his legacy. Don't miss Black Diamonds, available now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.
1: And I'm very happy about our next guest, Tommy, because she joins us live from the Sirius XM studios, I believe. And that is new signee of the WWE and congratulations are definitely in order for Valerie Loretta. Valerie, good morning. And thanks for joining us today.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) First of all, Smile from ear to ear. How happy are you to be a part of the WWE family?
4: I'm very happy, but more than anything, I'm excited that I'm finally announcing and that I'm moving to Orlando soon and starting my journey for you.
3: That's awesome. And congratulations as well. Um, When you talk about your journey, if you could tell some of our listeners what your actual journey has been to get to the point where you're at.
4: So I was a martial artist since I'm three years old in Taekwondo. I'm a master, four-degree black belt. Turned into MMA of Thought Pro 2019 till November of last year. And I am now a WWE superstar. That's awesome. I love it.
1: And, you know, we're seeing a lot of crossover from MMA to mm-hmm. the world of the WWE. We see it, obviously, with Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey, um, even some other uh, wrestlers as well. Sonia Deville, who we had on our show yesterday, has an MMA background. What was it for you that you wanted to become a WWE superstar? Did you grow up as a fan of the WWE?
4: I always knew what the WWE was. You know, mm-hmm. I was a fighter, but I was also a dancer my whole life for 15 years. Both of them, like very intense. And um, I fought MMA and I love the sport and, you know, I'm very passionate about it. I put everything into that for five years. But when I saw WrestleMania and I even got the idea that an opportunity might be presented to me, also knowing that I could represent Latinas and become the first Cuban-American woman to sign at the WWE, I'm like, it's a no-brainer. This is my destiny and now's my time.
3: Um, Who was the biggest part of, like, I guess your recruitment to the WWE?
4: Um, so triple H for sure. And James Kimball were both huge parts into to bring me the WWE and my manager, Abraham Kawa, um, did that with them. And it was a teamwork thing. And, um, just little by little, I just, I just had to be patient. I went to my tryout in Orlando and it came true for me.
3: Did you, when you say your tryout, like this was at the PC where you're running the ropes and taking bumps and all that stuff.
4: Yes. It was very intense. It was like six weeks ago and, um, I trained there for three days, attended an NXT live show, but, um, I definitely left there learning so much and knowing that this is what I wanted to do.
3: That's awesome. Um, with just listening to your background, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you have an advantage for picking this up quickly because from dancing as well as your MMA, uh, and amateur fighting the mm-hmm. falls no come come so natural to you but how did you feel because uh, I'm a wrestler 32 years the first time you ran those ropes and then the next morning you get to look at your uh, mm-hmm. underneath your armpits and your back and say what are all these new bruises going on there
4: yeah I mean but Like, pain is a part of my life because as a martial artist and as a fighter, I'm so used to it. I'm so used to having my legs all bruised all the time, going out in heels and just having ugly, like, bruises everywhere. My elbows, like black eyes. Like I, I'm used to that, but this is a different type of, of like pain and impact, you know, but definitely I adapted well. And, um, first time I hit my ropes, yeah, I was bruised, not so bad, you know? And then I started getting used to it. And, um, I realized like the harder you bump, like the easier it is on your body. Like there's so many like things that I could master. And, um, I just felt comfortable. I felt like I could do this.
3: That's great. Love your attitude. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Valerie, obviously here we get to talk to a lot of wrestlers and we get to talk Mm -hmm. to a lot of athletes. And, you know, it's always great talking to somebody who's just signed because there's a lot of sacrifice. Like you're saying, time, physically, there's a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But then with the story, too, I'm sure there's a lot of sacrifice when you think about your own family, what they had to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. To, so you could live your dream. So what yeah. was it like when you got the news that you were going to be a part of the WWE? What was it like relaying that news to your family?
4: And so my family, you know, we were very close because we're all black belts. My mom, my dad, and my two little sisters. Wow. So taekwondo is the center of our family. And really, when I first started fighting pro, my whole family backed me and I was like, I'm going to bring the Loretta legacy to life. That's always been my passion and my goal. I did my five pro fights. And my dad told me when I first started made look, Valerie, you fight. And if one day the WWE wants you, you go for it. You know, and um, my dad was a stuntman and an actor in a movie called Only the Strong. And he always loved like the entertainment world. And my dad's an actor like my dad's a little crazy. And he does the fight scenes and stuff. He has self control. He'll like punch and get very close. And that's holding hold him back a few wow. times. But when the WWE presented itself and I told my mom, you know, she was crying because it's very hard to watch your daughter do MMA. This is very hard to and chances this is same on your body. Just different dynamic, but for her, she just felt like this is more me and the world will see me, not just as a fighter, but as an entertainer that I am and have always been. You know, So family's very happy. They came with me to my announcement. They're here. We're going to Money in the Bank tonight. We're going to Vegas, and um, they're going to attend their first show.
3: That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Especially in this industry, you need such a great support system, and it sounds like you mm-hmm. already have it. And like I said, I think it should be an easy transition, I saw your picture that you posted with your money in the bank. And uh, it, it, it's a great moment for you. I know mm-hmm. nothing about uh, Cuba. I only mm-hmm. know from what I've known from the press. And obviously, US and Cuba always had some mm-hmm. massive uh, issues. Mm-hmm. But then I talked to my Canadian friends and like, oh, we go to Cuba as for vacation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, can you just explain to me, like, was wrestling available to you? television wise cuz i'm totally ignorant to anything that goes on uh cuba
4: no so cuba um miami is like all cubans like is everybody came from cuba to Miami, you know, and then now Miami has become its old, like Cuban culture of itself. Yeah. And I was born in Miami and raised there, okay. but my grandparents were all immigrants from Cuba. They came here with nothing. So basically, they just, my mom came here at eight years old. My dad came here 14. And then my mom went to school. She studied. She became a special education teacher. You know, my dad became a martial arts instructor. And then now I'm living the American dream as a first generation American. And now I've become the first Cuban American. Woman to be a superstar. So for me, it's just a big win and a big win for Miami and all the Latinas around the world.
3: Absolutely. I
1: love it. And, you know, it's very, very hard, Valerie, to be a first. It's very hard (laughs) to make history. And it's, and you're doing that. Like you just said early on, you're the first Cuban American female to sign with the WWE. And that's so huge because I would think for you, it's got to be great that you're representing your culture. But also, too, a lot of pressure as well, because being the first, you want to be a success. So I'm sure there's a little bit of pressure in that, too.
4: But I love being the first. And I always felt like I was born to be the first of so many things, like the first to dance in the cage, you know, first to do many things. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's how I make my statements and show people how I'm different. It's a lot of pressure. But when I think about what my grandparents went through in Cuba to come to the United States and how much they had to sacrifice and how much they suffered in order to give me this dream, like this is nothing because what my parents, my grandparents went through is the hardest thing ever. And my mom also had leukemia. She's fine now, but my mom suffered a really bad disease, relapsed twice, bone marrow transplant. I saw my mom like turn into nothing, you know? And when my mom went through and her fight, to do that always gave me the strength knowing that I could achieve any obstacle that's put in front of me because my mom went through something like that, you know, like that's the worst you go through. So for me, this is more of like I'm the first, but I'm also going to give back to my culture and bring awareness to the world and bring awareness to Latina as a minority and show everyone why we're different and just be a model, inspiration to young girls that also look like me. Cause my body is different. You know, I, I gain a lot of weight. I eat different. I'm not that generic, like skinny, um, athletic look, you know, I'm, I'm Latina. I have like hips and I fluctuate in weight and stuff. So, um, I just want to show people an image that they could relate to cause I've always wanted that.
3: You may officially be my favorite up and coming NXT star. <laughs> um, okay. Your attitude is amazing and you need that attitude also just from, Uh, Personal advice, don't ever lose your competitiveness Mm -hmm. because within the WWE, it'll be hard for you to transition when, because you you want to fight to win, Mm -hmm. but at times that's not the case in the WWE, Mm -hmm. but you want to be on top and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you want to, you know, you look at the success amateurs had, like a Shelton Benjamin, a Brock Mm -hmm. Lesnar, even Ronda Rousey. That to be they're the best they're on top and you want to kind of always strive to be that way
4: I mean I'm very competitive within myself and I always want to be the best at everything I do and I wrote in my post history that to mark my words that I will become the best female sports entertainer of all time, because I know myself, I know what I'm capable of. I know the way I could relate and touch with an audience. And I truly just feel a feeling that I can't describe and I can't tell anyone and probably people think I'm crazy and don't understand me that I've understood since I was three years old, but I know I'm going to be a global star for my country and in the WWE.
3: Is there anybody in particular that you kind of want to, emulate their style anyone from the past that really caught your eye that you want to be like i want to be a version of that but as well as be a version of myself
4: um i have so i've started watching a lot of like wrestling and old wrestling too like old wwe i like their style as well like the roughness and the grit and a lot of their moves. So I'm looking a lot of the old WWE with the new WWE. And, you know, I'm also brainstorming myself how to add my own touch and um, and Latina glam to this. And um, I think just being myself and being creative, like I could do it. I have a lot of um, ideas and inspirations and I'm going to bring it to life. I just really have to get into the facility already, start training, prove myself, you know, go by the book, trust the coaches and then I'll start adding my own style.
3: You should uh, trademark Latina glam. Go look into it.
4: Don't take <laughs> it from me.
3: <laughs> that's seriously, that's a hell of a name. I love it. It was already uh, Latino heat. True. So you might as well take Latino uh, glam. Latina glam. Get your, get your people on that.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's gotta be your name. But you know, Valerie over the last 24 hours, obviously a lot of media attention. You're all over the news, social media, TMZ, I mean, what's this, what's the last 24 hours been for you? All this media attention, all these interviews.
4: For me, you know, I, you know, I love um, the mic and I love all of this. And I'm so grateful for the amount of coverage and following I'm getting from all of this. But for me, you know, it's more of, I just want to be in Orlando already and just train hard. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me happy. This does make me happy because I'm announcing something big in my life, but really what makes me happy is working hard. And I've been like at home, just really just waiting for this moment because all I could do is work out and, you know, keep my weight down and just do the most I can in that moment. But what makes me happy is being in training, having my hair up like sweating and just knowing that I'm working hard to become the best at something. But I really appreciate everything and all the support and the wrestling fans have been so nice to me and they already show me so much love, but I just want to be debuting on NXT already and have to train hard in order to make that happen.
3: Uh, My last piece of advice, enjoy the moments Mm -hmm. because they go by so, so quickly. You Mm -hmm. say you're going to see money in the bank with your family. Enjoy Mm -hmm. that because you're going to be working your ass (laughs) off in the next few months. Yeah. And continue to be a fan because you're coming now as an insider and Mm -hmm. don't lose that fandom because like for me, again, I've been wrestling 32 years. I have not lost that fandom because it always reminds me of why I wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. So enjoy the money in the bank with your family. And then it's going to mean something more when one day you're hosting up and you're winning that money in the bank.
4: Yep, that's that's what my mom's telling me. Enjoy the moment, Valerie, because your life is about to change, and you're gonna have a very difficult schedule now. And soon, you're not gonna be able to relax, you know. So I'm just taking it easy, enjoying it. But definitely, um, thank you guys for having me today.
3: I haven't yeah, slept since I'm 20, Valerie. So just keep on <laughs> <mind. laughs> <All> going.
1: <good. Yeah. laughs> All right, you know what? One last question before yeah. we let you go. And again, congratulations. But you said that you're not gonna have time to really celebrate because you're going to be working your butt off. And I can tell you have that confidence and you have that mindset, but in a couple of weeks, it is your birthday. Are you going to be able to celebrate your birthday?
4: No, my first day as a WWE superstar, the facility is on my birthday.
1: Wow, that's a, a great cool way to celebrate that's your birthday.
4: the best birthday gift I could ever ask for. And I wouldn't it like is. to spend it anything else. My mom's like, do you want us to come to Orlando? Do you want to have dinner? No, that's my first day of training. I have to train the whole week. I'm going to go to the facility, come home, see my sister. And that's it.
3: If they bring you a cake, don't accept it because it usually winds up in your face in the WWE. <laughs> okay,
1: that's, that's
4: good to know. Thank you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Valerie Lareda, again, the newest signee for the WWE, former Bellator MMA fighter, now with the WWE. And we, it was our pleasure talking to you, and congratulations and good luck.
4: Thank you guys so much. See you soon.
1: Busted Open is part of the XM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas.